1: On Sunday, September 20th, 2015. For more information, visit www.unresolvedshow.co.uk Previously on Unresolved Do you understand that everybody believes that you murdered James Logan? Yes. And what do you think about that? Well, not much anymore, to be honest. So your father died in the war in confusing
2: circumstances, would you say? Well, you could say that, yes. Can you explain how? Well, if I could do that, we'd not be sat here, would we? I'd say it's a game of trying to gently dislodge whatever misconception it is that they're focused on and keep them clear of triggers. I saw him come in. He looked terrible. Stressed.
1: Imagine for a moment that you're struggling to complete a big thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. You've got all the pieces, that's not the problem. They're all laid out on the table in front of you, present and correct. The problem instead is that you don't have the box. You don't know what the puzzle's supposed to look like. That's how I feel lately with this case. And it's worrying me because that's also how I imagine Maggie Hollis feels. To Maggie, all the pieces are there but she just doesn't know what to make of them. And nor, I suppose, to the medical professionals trying to help her. And all of this is an even bigger problem for you, the listener, because it's my job to try and distill everything I know and deliver it to your ears in a way that makes sense. I guess what I'm trying to say is, yes, this is the episode in which we'll finally hear Maggie's full version of events. But I just want to warn you that, Well, it probably won't help you put the jigsaw puzzle together. Hi, my name's Zoe Drew from FNR, and this is Unresolved, a real-life murder investigation told piece by piece. This week, we go back to October 3rd, 2005. At the start of the last few episodes, I've tried to do a recap of what's happened so far. But we're five episodes in now, with only one left in the bag after this. So in theory, I shouldn't need to. Right? Well, I don't know. This is a complicated story. It wasn't at the start. At the start, this all seemed relatively straightforward. The questions were, did Maggie Hollis murder James Logan? If so, why? And was Laura Ray's death anything other than an accident? But it's not that simple anymore. Now, the overriding question is how and why are all these people linked together? Here's me talking to our producer, Rob, about getting the story straight.
3: It is a nightmare. Uh, like, I dread to think what your notes look like.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know what the inside of my brain looks like right now either. It's like one of those detective thrillers. With all the lines of red thread pointing in millions of different directions, from like pictures and maps on a big board. So, go on and w- walk me through it again. The whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Ah, uh, so the story starts in 1941, I suppose. No. <coughs> okay. Maybe, maybe just the bare essentials. <laughs> okay. 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 So- so, uh, just the crux? Just the crux. Okay, I suppose the crux is, um, like, the real meat of the thing is that I need to figure out if Maggie Hollis is a murderer or whether I believe her side of the story.
3: Mm. So, like, in that, in that case, what is the... What's the non-her side of the story? Mm. I mean, what's, like, the official, line?
1: Uh, The official line is, uh, well, it's that on October 3rd, 2005, she runs over Laura Ray in the street, then disappears inside James Logan's house for some reason, then is caught by the first responders by the police on the scene in the same room as James's dead body. But that body had been dead for a while,
2: right? Mm -hmm.
1: A few years, yeah. And all three of them knew each other like they'd all had dealings with each other in the past okay so what
2: does that say to you
1: Uh, to me
3: I mean it's two things it's Uh that she killed the guy a few years before Mm -hmm. just just like had his body stashed there um and the Laura thing I, I don't know is it too much to say coincidence
1: It would be one hell of a coincidence right? What Rob's suggesting is that Laura would just have to happen to have been walking by James's house at the exact time that Maggie was speeding by and besides it raises the question of why Maggie was speeding by anyway bear in mind here that according to Maggie James had been alive a lot longer or a lot later than the forensics say he was she claims to have seen him in 2002 nearly seen him in 2003. And, as you'll hear, that the reason she was in the area on the day in question was because James had returned again. Which is sketchy, to say the least. We'll come back to that in a bit, though. First, I think we should look at the side of things concerning Laura, our seemingly innocent hit-and-run victim. at the time. This is Laura's brother, Tom. So that's like the other side of town. So to your mind, there's no real reason why she'd have been in Highgate, like friends, family, work?
0: No. Uh, well, I've spent a lot of time wondering about this and it's a no, or, or I, I don't know. Nothing obvious, at least. But then, out of all your friends who live in London, how many of them could be in Highgate right now, for, for any reason?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I get that. But still, given all the ties to Maggie and James in the past...
0: As I say, you know, I, I spent a long time thinking about this, and, and so have Mum and Dad and everyone.
1: Is it is it possible that Maggie may have kidnapped Laura?
0: Yeah to be honest, uh, and that was kind of assumed by a lot of people at the time. Uh, Though I don't know why she wouldn't. Uh, I don't know what... uh, Like, I don't know what she would have had to gain there. In the trial, it seemed to everyone to be unimportant, especially when it all started to divert toward the insanity stuff.
1: Maggie's side of the story, you mean?
0: If if you can call it that. I mean, yeah, all that shit that got her off. Uh, Look, I, I think... After all my thinking about it, it's either that she taken Laura and something weird happened there, or it was just uh, a big, horrid coincidence.
1: Which one do you lean towards?
0: It's been more than ten years now. I, I think I'd just rather think about Laura, about who she was. I mean, sometimes this is all really pressing. And sometimes I I, I just want to let it all lie, you know?
1: To push Tom here, mainly because I'm a coward. But, well, there's one other scenario that springs to mind. The possibility that Laura may have had something to do with James's death. It's not so much a theory as a vague musing, but it's something that's been gnawing at me all the same. I decided to run it by Mark, James's former best friend.
4: Look, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but it's something I've thought of too, obviously. You have? Well, yeah, when something's as confusing as this, you have to kind of look at it from every angle. So, yeah, it's feasible that, I mean, that Laura wasn't completely blameless here. But, uh, as I say, I, I don't want to cast aspersions.
0: I, I didn't know her.
1: No, no, that's, that's fair. But, uh, <laughs> well, what do you think? Can you venture an explanation?
4: I guess if I had to, I'd say that. Look, this is pretty hard for me, yeah, because at the time I didn't want to believe that James had done anything wrong. I, I still don't. I mean, but in hindsight, with all the evidence, it seems to me that that he was probably probably stalking Laura, as you say.
1: You mean in two thousand and two, when she hired Maggie,
4: or around then? Anyway, maybe a bit before. I'm not, I'm not sure. But he may have come back from wherever he was hiding and done that, yeah. Stalked her for whatever reason. But it seems to me that he couldn't have been alive much after that, what with the forensics and what have you.
1: So, you're saying what?
4: I suppose I'm saying, based on what you've been telling me and everything, it's possible that he was stalking her in 2002 for whatever reason and that something happened between them then perhaps she ended up at his house and that maybe he maybe he died then and she didn't tell anyone
1: yeah that's that's kind of what I was thinking I know I know it makes me feel a bit wrong too but it's my job here to cover all the angles, and this is now a wholly legitimate angle. What if... And Tom, I'm sorry. But what if Laura killed James in his home? Perhaps in self-defence in 2002? What if she panicked about it and shut the body away there? Then what if she returned to the house to finally do something about it in 2005? Unwittingly alerted Maggie and through some horrible bad luck, got hit by Maggie's car. In a case full of implausible facts, it's almost... Well, it's almost pretty plausible, right? Yeah, seems possible. Rob again, helping me sift through tapes. It kind of does, doesn't it? Like, maybe Laura was, I don't know, uh, kidnapped by James in 2002 and she killed him then? But then why go back, like, why go back three years later? Hmm. Maybe maybe she panicked. Uh OK, like, what if the guilt had been mounting up on her? I, either way, it's better fit for why she just happened to be there in Highgate that day than any other theory we have.
2: Well, no, no,
3: no, not really. What do you mean? Well... So, for one thing, it doesn't explain why James went off the grid for, like, three years Mm. after their first date, I mean. Um, And I I think you're forgetting Maggie's involvement as well, like her weird obsessions with him. Yeah. Uh, That kind of makes Laura seem incidental to the whole thing.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I suppose you're right. What Rob's alluding to here is that, officially, Maggie is responsible for both deaths. She was found to be, and I'm speaking technically here, insane but the trial wound up blaming her for james's murder either way the final verdict was that she'd killed him in his home at some point around 2002 just after she was hired by laura and tom to keep tabs on him and all that stuff about her dad james's dad and the ties between them it was a nail in an already unfortunate coffin that unhealthy obsession coupled with tapes and paper records and war mission maps and door trackers It all pointed to Maggie having killed James out of some kind of revenge. Some kind of retribution for her father's death. But here's the thing. If the idea that Laura might have actually killed James is the best, most plausible alternative we can come up with, why didn't Maggie's defence team use it? Why isn't that Maggie's side of the story? Maggie, how are you doing?
2: Yeah, as well, you know,
1: stewing. I'd been allowed one more visit by Dr Edwards. He didn't like any of this one bit. Perhaps rightly, but after I begged and pleaded with him for one more session, he relented. I'd been too cowardly to do it so far, too intimidated by Maggie's cold presence. But this time, I wanted to get her version of events. I needed her side of the story. No more messing around. I think Dr Edwards understood that, which is how I ended up back in the rec room at Hampton Hospital with him, Maggie, and my dictaphone. So, I want to be methodical about this. October 3rd, 2005. Can you start at the beginning of the day? Yes, so
2: I woke up hungover. What kind of time? Wouldn't it be more event for you to ask me what I'd been doing the night before. Uh, yeah, okay. Why the hangover? I'd been for dinner and drinks with an old colleague. And this was Martin Wallace, right? I see you've been doing your homework.
1: Maggie had one tape covering a few different dates towards the end of September and early October 2005. It was, in fact, the last tape she ever recorded. On it, there were a few ramblings and odds and ends, and then finally, there was this.
2: October 2nd, 2005. I took my research to Martin Wallace, and he showed me the door. I showed him irrefutable evidence, and he still showed me the bloody door. He said I was barking up trees. He said, and I quote, There was a reason why I was fired from the force and this kind of behaviour was it. He's a moron. He's a fucking moron. There's one happening tomorrow and he won't fucking listen to me, which means it's already too late. He doesn't understand what I've found, the significance of it. He doesn't understand how father and Logan and that
1: fucking it trails off there and that's it, the end of the tapes Martin Wallace since deceased was a colleague of Maggie's when she was a researcher for the Met he was a detective in his prime but was retired by the time all this happened the two remain friends however there were a few tapes in Maggie's collection in which she mentioned having gone for dinner with him so is the fact that you saw
2: martin the night before important well i saw martin to try and get somebody onto my side i had to tell someone that i thought something well, let's say unusual was happening little did i know what exactly was going to happen the following afternoon of course and martin was unsupportive well he thought me crazy which is somewhat ironic given the timing but anyway I was hung over the following day, so it was afternoon when I woke up. What happened then? Well, the alarm was flashing.
1: For your tracker? The one above James's door?
2: Yes. Well, it had been flashing all night, but I'd not seen it. For how long? Well, it's hard to say. I didn't really look at the software. I suppose that would have told me the time it was set off. All I did was... To grab my things and go.
1: To James's?
2: Yes. And you drove?
1: Well, yes. And so, what happened when you got there? At this point, both Maggie and Dr Edwards just looked at me. They both just kind of stared at me for what felt like a very, very long time. And the reason was... I just asked a question that, on the one hand, had a very obvious, thorny answer. What happened when Maggie got there was Laura Ray died. But on the other hand, what happened is years later, still clouded in mystery, lies, delusion, coincidence, all of the above. But after a while, Maggie answered the question. Here's what she said. Here's what I'd been waiting for. What happened
2: was, that I hit Laura Ray with my car and she died on impact. So I slammed the brakes and got out of the car and was joined thereafter by Mr. Logan. James? James Logan was there? He was, whether you believe it or not, he was there. He shouted at me about Miss Ray as we both stood there over her body. And then? And then everything went dark. How, how, How do you mean? The eclipse. It was a solar eclipse. This much is true, at least.
1: On October the 3rd, 2005, there was indeed a solar eclipse visible from most parts of the south of England. It lasted around six minutes. It's also true that Maggie would have been able to see its effects. For those six or seven minutes it would have felt like night time over London.
2: I stopped looking at Laura, and I stared upwards to see what was going on. And it was at that moment that Mr Logan ran. Ran? Well I was looking at the blackness of the sky, and he pelted off back to his house. So what happened then? I went after him. Chased him into his house. You left Laura. Well, I felt compelled to. Okay. And then. And then. Well, and then. Look, if I knew how to tell you something different than what I, than what I saw, I would. If I knew how to make this make sense then I would tell a version of events which did make sense. But what happened is this. I followed James Logan into his house and up the stairs. He had left the front door wide open behind him, and so I followed him in and up. And, as I rounded the corner to his bedroom in earnest, I saw the body. Whose? Ostensibly, allegedly... That of James Logan. Aged and decayed. Putrid. Wait, I... I don't understand. Exactly, Miss Drew, exactly. But this is what happened. So... You're saying...
1: He was outside in the street... And then he was dead when you got into his house... But you didn't
2: kill him. No more than you did. I saw him in the street, alive and well. Then I saw him in his bedroom, dead and stale. That's it. That's the sequence of events.
1: At this point, Dr Edwards interjects, telling me that he doesn't think what we're talking about is particularly healthy for Maggie, and that we should probably change the subject or call time. I could tell he was nervous, unsure he should have even let me back at all, so I reluctantly agreed to change tack. We talk for a bit about Maggie's career.
2: I think it was because I cannot stand injustices, that's why I started and I attempt to get her to talk about her
1: father again.
2: It was murder, you see, and nothing was ever done about it. Nothing was explained there. But it
1: all leads back to the Logans, and that dark resentment in her keeps rising up. So before long, the doctor insists that we stop. It wouldn't be my last time speaking to Maggie, but I didn't know that then, and I was leaving with disappointment welling up in me. You know, that feeling, that sinking feeling in your gut when you expect one thing and get another. That's how I feel. It took me several trips and a lot of listening to old tapes to finally get Maggie to agree to tell me her version of events in person. And it was less than satisfying. She hit Laura Ray. She ran after an apparently present James. Then, when she got into his house, he was already dead. So, what? A ghost? Some kind of elaborate illusion? Secret identical twins? Or just the delusional nonsense of a crazy old woman?
3: So this is where the car hit Laura. Uh, Your house is, what, like 50 yards from here? Yeah,
1: yeah. On a cold morning in March, Rob and I decide to act out Maggie's version of events. We're on the road outside my house. James's house.
3: So, she hits the girl, then Uh gets out of the car for how long?
1: A few minutes, I guess. It was when the solar eclipse started, so she said... James was there and he was shouting at her.
3: Yeah, Okay. About her having just killed Laura or about him not existing?
1: (laughs) Oh, so you don't believe in ghosts. We move from the road to the front door and Rob's right. It is about 50 yards. He tries running from where we think the scene of the car incident was to the house and it takes him no more than 10 or 15 seconds. And then... If you're Maggie, you tear up the stairs after oh, James.
3: As quickly as a woman in her 60s
1: can. Yeah, as quickly as that. And you go round this corner here and into the bedroom.
3: And you're sure this isn't the same bed it was back then? Like you've, you've asked <laughs> the landlord, right?
1: Oh, that was my first question. Has the bed been changed? Is it haunted? What council tax band is it in? <laughs>
3: um, okay, so the body's just there.
1: Yeah. So this is where it was. Maggie was arrested in the doorway, and the report said she was just staring at it. No.
0: No, obviously. Uh, that's uh, that's just stupid, isn't it?
1: I decided to call Tom and ask him what he made of Maggie's side of the story. He didn't seem exactly thrilled at my detective work thus far.
0: I mean, that's the same story they gave at court to help with the insanity thing. It's the same nonsense that got her out of prison.
1: Yeah, it's weak. I'll give you that. But I mean, the thing that gets me and... I know you're far from being in her corner here, but the thing that gets me is that she seems sensible enough in a lot of ways. It seems to me like she knows that the story doesn't do her any favours. How do you mean? Uh, I don't know, just that I do think she thinks she's telling the truth.
0: Well, she might do, but that doesn't really get us anywhere, does it?
1: Tom was right. It wasn't getting me anywhere. The fact of the matter was that I'd spent a lot of time to get nowhere in particular. I'd listened to tapes, I'd spoken to the people who knew both Laura and James best, and I'd heard a version of events from the main suspect. But whilst the way in which Laura had died was more or less an open and shut case, I was still no closer to finding out what had happened to James Logan between the time he went missing in 1999 to the day his decaying body was found in 2005. I decided to quit beating around the bush and asked Tom the big question. Tom, do you think... Laura might have killed James?
0: I'm sorry?
1: Do you think Laura might have been the person who killed James?
0: I I don't... I mean... No. No, I I don't. Okay,
1: okay. Okay, Um, but, like... Is it something you've thought about before?
0: I mean... Why don't you tell me what it is you're getting at?
1: Okay, so I, oh God, I, and I don't mean offence, um, but, well, one theory that my producer and I were talking about, which may, maybe holds water, is that what if James was stalking Laura and.
0: Well, he was.
1: Right, right. So, what if things got out of hand? She ended up at his, somehow, and had to kill him in self-defence. Is, is
0: that what you think? Uh,
1: I don't know. And I'm, I'm not trying to tarnish her memory. Um, but if maybe she killed him, and then maybe guilt or, or fear or something got the better of her a few years down the line, maybe that would explain why and how she was back there. Uh, Like to try and clean up or or take care of things.
0: I see. And Maggie?
1: So, Maggie's established she was on the scene because the sensor she had above the door had tripped. Her story about seeing James in the street is the obvious misnomer there. But, well...
0: (laughs) But she's crazy.
1: I guess. (laughs) Does any of this sound plausible to you, at least?
0: I, I don't know. No, I, I don't. I don't see my sister being a killer. And, and if you're saying that this happened some years before she died, I really can't see her being able to keep a lid on that. I know you're. Look, I know you're trying to do your job here, but I can't see her having. Killed a guy and then just carry on as normal.
1: Was she? What? Normal. During those few years, I mean. (sighs) Yeah, totally.
0: I mean, aside from that brief phase where we hired Maggie Hollis, she was freaked out about the stalking, understandably, but nothing more came of it. And, And after that, things just settled down. But settled down naturally, and not because Laura went off and killed him. And... Yeah, she was just... normal. So, no. No, I, I don't think so.
1: You, you think I'm barking up the wrong tree?
0: I do. Yeah, I, I do. I, I'm sorry, but...
1: No, 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 no. I'm I'm sorry. I don't mean to drag Laura's name through the mud.
0: No, I, I know. You're just looking for answers, right? Uh, and that's looking for answers is fine. It's what we're we're all doing.
1: I'd upset Tom, I think. But I didn't have too much time to worry about that. That's because, not long after that talk, something happened that changed my understanding of things yet again. It's funny how sometimes in life... Things happen at times so opportune and serendipitous, it feels like you're living in a movie. Small things like when you decide to phone someone and they phone you at exactly the same time. Or big things like receiving some windfall just as times get really tough. At the time of that last call with Tom, I'd been looking into all this for several months and we'd spoken for dozens of hours over that time. I'd also had many calls with Mark Thompson and several short but somewhat enlightening visits with Maggie at Hampton Hospital. And with nobody else on Lauren James's side of the fence wanting to speak to me and just as I thought I was getting to the end of my investigation, I got a call. The last chat with Tom was on a Thursday evening and on Friday morning my phone told me I had a voicemail. Here's that message in full.
2: One new message. 2.21pm. Hi, uh, yeah, it's a message for Zoe. We've not met, but my name's David, David Hall. Um, I understand from an old colleague that in looking into the whole Maggie like, you know, Hollis, James, Logan thing, if that is the case, maybe you could give me a call back when you get this. I think I might have some interesting evidence from a court case that you might want to see. Okay, thanks, bye for now.
1: Next time on Unresolved.
2: So, I don't think you know about these.
1: Oh my God, this is the scene.
0: This evidence, I, I don't really. I don't understand
2: how that's. Are you, are you sure? I've never thought that Laura May just happened to be outside Logan's house coincidentally. You'd be stupid to. Well,
4: so if someone's tied up and she's supposedly been there, doesn't that say at all?